Well, welcome. Uh, welcome to the Men's Leadership Network. Uh, special welcome to all the satellite locations uh, meeting around Nashville today and businesses. Uh, welcome to you guys. Happy spring break, first of all. Um, I thought we'd get started just real quickly. Show of hands. I'm serious. Show of hands. Who's filled out their bracket? Ready to go. Okay, almost everybody. That's great, because today instead of talking about a balanced perspective on sports with our kids, we're actually going to talk about gambling and the effects of betting and office pools. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> crickets. Uh, this morning we've got Darren Clark with us. Darren founded the Father-Son Bowl back in 2006. Many of you know Darren. The Father-Son Bowl, for those who don't know, is a flag football game uh, with sons and dads. And uh, in 2006, we started with about 16 fathers and sons, and it grew to over 1,200 last year. Uh, so just a fantastic ministry. Darren's been coaching Little League sports for 18 years. Uh, he lives in Spring Hill with his wife, Carrie, and their four sons, Noah, Caleb, Jacob, and Micah. And uh, interviewing Darren this morning and conducting our, our discussion is our, our, is our family and children's pastor, Nick Allen, as well as our students' pastor, Chase Baker. Uh, again, I want to remind you, you've got a couple ways to submit questions. You can email questions in, you can tweet questions in, or you can use chat feature and get those questions to us. We're going to go for about 30 minutes, and then we're going to have some time for questions. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning to um, all of our gentlemen who are here this morning at the Franklin campus, as well as those who are logging in online at home, and also um, guys who are at satellite locations. We're glad to be here today, and yeah. we're decorated in our sports gear. That's right. Um, Darren, with his um, highly influential Bills team jersey, is that right? Yep. Excited. Bills. Go Bills. And we thought the best way to start out today was to just throw out some stats, get our brains going, and get us thinking about the topic at hand. Absolutely. And, uh, and if you filled out a NCAA bracket, I don't know if you have Kentucky going all the way. I imagine that everybody's bracket has Kentucky in the last game and probably winning. But let me give you some stats on um, filling out brackets. And there's 40 million Americans that fill out over 70 million brackets every year. And there's uh, money spent on the NCAA tournament for the brackets is $9 billion. It's pretty, right, that's, yeah. That's a billion, right? In 2003, 2013, ESPN confirmed its dominance and dedicated to sports TV with the largest worldwide sports contract, $1.9 billion to cover um, Monday night football. It's a lot of money spent on sports. Yeah. So the national broadcast and cable TV networks aired over 43,000 hours of sporting events in the United States last year. Um, The changing face of sports uh, from Nielsen ratings uh, revealed that $7.6 billion on sports programming alone. Um, About 81 million people in the United States have visited a sport website um, each month. And... uh, there's about 20, uh, Sports Illustrated is in the top 25 grossing uh, subscription magazines in the country with 35 million readers each month. Wow. And also, um, among adults who say they currently, well, this is really interesting, NFL, currently watch NFL football on TV, six in 10 say they spend five hours or less per week watching football during an NFL season. That's 60%. And then um, over... One quarter say that they spend between six to ten hours per week watching, um, watching NFL football. And while six to ten hours per week may sound like a lot to some people, 
There are Americans who spend even more time watching football. 7% of Americans who watch NFL football say they spend 11 to 15 hours per week watching football. It's like a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't just go to uh, national sports and what we do for uh, the fanboys out there. Um, youth sports is really big. Yeah. Obviously, we know that. Um, on average, um, Americans can spend about 10.5% of their gross annual income on youth sports. There are about 35 million kids who play sports in our country. Um, and, and kind of a cool thing about that is that uh, the percentage of coaches who are dads coaching their own kids is 85%. Um, and so that's wow. neat to see how dads now, what are, are the odds that you're going to make it to professional? Well, the odds are kind of slim. Yeah. There are about a million boys in our country playing high school football, and each of them has a 1 in 6,000 chance of playing professionally. Um, it's a 1 in 4,000 chance, however, of playing professional baseball. Um, so some of those kids need to switch sports. <laughs> um, it's a 1 in 10,000 chance of playing in the NBA. 98.3% of college athletes do not go pro. Wow. So that's pretty slim statistic. Yeah. And suffice it to say, sports is a big prevalent part of our culture. I mean, the stats alone kind of prove that it's a big deal. And up front, we're not here to say um, that anything related to sports is inherently um, wrong or bad. We're not here to highlight any portion of the negative. We just want a healthy conversation. And if that bent moves in either direction, uh, pro or con, um, that's not our intention. The intention is to ultimately let that bent be towards God and who we are as men in him. And so we'll kick it off with some questions. Darren, first up, how has sports impacted your life? Uh, what part did it play in your early years, and what part does it play now? Uh, for me, it was, a, it was a big part of my life. Um, growing up, I mean, just being a boy and a kid, uh, I grew up in a small town, and so we didn't have um, a lot to do, so we really, we just got out a lot and played, played sports, and, you know, I grew up playing baseball, t-ball, all the way up to, you know, Babe Ruth, um, you know, we did everything from tennis to uh, soccer. And stickball was one of the, my favorites because we actually, you know, got into making our own bats out of, you know, broom handles. And we would go up to the high school tennis courts and uh, we set up our stickball court in, in there. And it was a blast. Just, so we were always kind of like trying to come up with new things to do. But, you know, as a kid, it was just, it was such a joy, you know, just, I mean, so it really was a positive thing. Um, and then it was also kind of a, kind of an escape too because when I was growing up uh, my parents went through a divorce and so my me and my buddies you know we bonded a lot through sports and so um, you know we're constantly out there playing um, and, and we had so many good memories I mean just growing up in upstate New York you know that's why I'm a Bills fan um, so uh, I'm sorry I got to represent um, you know we get snow and so one of our favorite things was to go out into the backyard and we were playing football but we'd always intentionally you know like throw the ball like too far so we'd have to like run and dive and slide in the snow and all that kind of stuff and so we just i mean we had so many good times and um you know but now it's you know i i love sports in a different way you know i love to get out there and still try to play but i mean i was playing actually <laughs> i tried to get out there and play in the adult flag football league with uh, some guys uh, at church and you know, but up to that point, you know, starting the season, I wasn't working out. I wasn't, you know, in shape and all that. And so I got there, but I, you know, I'm still thinking, you know, I can get out there and do this. And so I get out there, I pulled my hamstring, 
tore my calf yeah, muscle yeah. twice, the yeah, same yeah. one twice. You know, you'd think I'd stop after the first one, but um, got out there. I was trying to, you know, have some fun. But I love it. You know, I still, you know, wish I could get out there and play like I used to, but I, I ain't as good as I, you know, once was, you know. Yeah. Is there a song or something? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's funny whenever you quickly begin to realize that you can't do these things, like jump as high as you used to jump or run as fast as you used to run. And if there's a loose ball in a basketball court, like, that's, I'm not diving after it anymore. Like, I, I care too much about my body. I'll get hurt. Um, now, answer, answer this. You know, we know that um, it's a part, sports are a part of our culture. We love it. And what are the aspects about sports that really drive people to it, that, that really help people connect to it? Why do people love it so much? I think, it, to me, I think it, re- it relates back to, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of joy. Like I said before, there's a lot of joy involved with getting out there and playing. I mean, it's, you know, it's physical. It makes you feel good because, you know, you're exerting yourself and there's competition and you have fun with it, you know. So I think, you know, when, as you get older, if you're not quite as involved, you know, even if it's sports like on TV, whatever it is, um, you know, there's a, there's that association. There's, you know, kind of that subconscious connection. And, um, so I think, you know, it's childhood memories and just, you know, and the, the, that, because when you're kids, I mean, you're talking about, I was talking earlier, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was a San Diego Chargers fan, and Kellen Winslow was one of my favorite players, and just, I remember just watching him on TV and, and you know, just seeing these diving catches and stuff like that, so there's, there's kind of a sense of greatness that you try to, you know, achieve and strive for, um, and so I think that's why, you know, people connect with it, because it's, it's, there's something kind of greater that you're always trying to pursue, this excellence, and, um, but it's also kind of an escape, I think, for me, you know, today with, you know, whether it's, you know, youth sports, my coach, or if it's, a, you know, the bills that I follow, um, it's kind of an escape sometimes from maybe the stresses you feel, you know, in life and as a husband and as a father or just work you get. There's so much pressure. It can be an escape. So I think that's, that's part of why there's an attraction, I think. And it's, you know, with all the facts, it points to, you know, it's huge. There's a, there's a desire there. So I think that's the key yeah. thing for Thanks. me. Sports has given us a lot of heroes um, and a lot of people to look up to and a lot of people to admire and to emulate and to kind of hope to be, especially as you're growing up. Um, But we also kind of have to highlight any of the dangers that would be associated with sports. Um, So as as you're thinking about men and the challenges that we face, what are are our blind spots specifically related to sports? It can be addictive. I think that's the key thing uh, because it's so attractive in in the way that it helps us to feel... Um, you know, a, a relief of stress. Um, it could be, an, like I said, an escape. Um, it can, it, it can be addictive in so many different ways. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier. I mean, when I was uh, back in my twenties, um, you know, I was living and working back in Philadelphia and had some friends. We, you know, we were always doing, you know, again, big into sports, roller hockey or you know, rollerblading and hockey and um, you know, youth or not youth, but um, just rec softball and stuff like that. And so these guys are all, you know, jocks. And, um, one of my friends was a bookie and, um, and so I never had enough money to really bet, but he, you know, so I always kind of saw all the stuff that, you know, that they would do and this bookie would do and this, my friends that were, you know, betting with them. And, and so uh, there's this one time that, um, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, the the, the call is in." And I, I don't even, I don't know the gambling terms. I don't know all this, even all the over under, all that kind of stuff. But they, I was just kind of following along, and they're like, "You know, you got you got to bet on this one." And so it was a Monday night football game, and um, the, you know, they said, "You got to bet this way. You got to bet the over, the under, the spread, the points." I, I don't, I still don't know what it is, but they're just bet this way. I'm like, okay. So I took a little money and you know, and bet, and 
it made it made watching that game so intense. I mean, in a in a way that's like wow, it was like it, it was crazy because you like you got to make sure all these things are hitting, and, and and then all of a sudden it's like you know it, the game was done and it hit all those ways. So it made me think like, are these fixed or what? You know, but the thing was, I stopped really quickly and I was like, wow, this is this is how people get addicted to this stuff because you know it, it, it's such an adrenaline rush, and so. You know, it can be you know addictive in in real negative ways. It, it also just keeps us from our priorities. I mean, once you get sucked into it, and because it's, it, it's a it's a monster, it's a beast. Because you know the stats, you see the you know you guys were talking about earlier is it, it's it, it, there's something that's feeding that, and that's a desire within us. And so it can distract us from our priorities um, and, and keep us off track. And it can also hold us back from growing up because you know we can you know because of this focus we pour into it, it can keep us from growing up being the men that we're really you know, called to be because we're trying to either live in the past or, you know, try to relive a, a false life or, or, you know, image that, you know, we'll never achieve because we're thinking, you know, I could be like this guy or I could be like that guy. I could be like Mike. So I think that's, those are the things that I think of when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah, that's good. You know, we, I love that you talked about priorities here because I think that that's it. I mean, I know a lot about sports, man. I know a lot of useless information about sports, um, and, and I love it, you know, but I think whenever you talk about priorities and setting priorities, we have to look at it in terms of sports is in addition to the non-negotiables in our life, which are family, faith, and church. You know, those are some things that we say, man, these are non-negotiable. And when I say non-negotiable, I, I mean, like, we have to be careful to, to not um, to set priorities in our lives because the the instead of sports being in addition to, it can be the replacement of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, if we're not careful, we can put sports in, take family out. Put sports in, take church involvement. And, and, and just because I'm pastor is not because I say just church is so important, but the church is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head of the church. And, and for us to take that out of our lives and put sports into it. That's why I say, man, it's so important to have that balance in, in priorities uh, for our life. So thanks for saying that about priorities. And obviously, we shared stats about sports. It's a very much part of our culture. So in what ways has God called you to use sports in your kids' lives? You have four boys. Um, and you have, I mean, they're athletic. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think for me, it's, it was when, you know, I, when I had kids and, and Noah, my oldest got to the age that he's, you know, able to play in, in new sports, um, started seeing, you know, okay, gosh, how can we take this and use it in a positive way to, you know, take, you know, just kind of certain concepts like teamwork and all that kind of stuff and teach biblical truths and try to raise them on that, on that kind of foundation and, and the rest of the boys. And so, um, I think, some of the key things that, you know, as I've coached youth sports, um, mainly uh, flag football for about 18 seasons, um, you know, I think like, how can I, what kind of things can I take and apply to these kids' lives? Because like you said, majority of kids are not going to go pro. I mean, you have these kids maybe for a season or two, um, you know, what can you pour into them to um, teach them, you know, not life skills just in a very generic way, but just like things that point to biblical truth and what Christ teaches us. And I think perseverance is a key thing I've always tried to teach. Um, 
just because, you know, in the context of a team sport, you know, it's, um, you know, you got to rely on each other. You got to, you know, support each other. And just like the church is, you know, called to love one another, support each, encourage, you know, um, you know, so having perseverance through the tough times, you could do that together kind of like as a family. And that's, that, that's why I love sports because it's, it, that's, that's, you see that played out. And I mean, I'm a Bills fan, so I know the tough times. How long has it been? Do you know how long it's been since we've been to the playoffs? 30, 40 years. 30, 40 years. No, that's a little bit too long. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> so perseverance, you don't give up, you know. Um, I think, again, teamwork, just how that being a team resembles family, you know. You know, your immediate family, your parents and your, your siblings, but then the greater family of, you know, mm-hmm. the God's family, God's children. Um, and then obedience. This is a key one, too, I think, um, is, is teaching obedience because you get um, – you get kids out there, um, whether it's, you know, it's, it's my, my sons or kids that I'm coaching, you know, learning, teaching them to learn how to respect and obey your coach, okay? Because I think the fundamental thing with that is if, if they don't understand that, then they're not going to have respect for authority. Um, and so then when they grow up, they're going to get out on their own. They're not going to, they're going to have issues um, with their boss, you know, whoever else that might be in a position of authority over them. But ultimately that comes down to God. I mean, are you going to be obedient to what God calls you to do and teaches you to do, even though it might not make sense or you might not be, you know, quite there. Like, you know, if you're a football player, you're still trying to develop your skills. Well, you know, God teaches us, Hey, you know, this is how you get, you got to do it. You might not make, it might not make sense, but just trust me, keep, you follow my direction, my lead, then, you know, you're going to come over here and you're going to be much more successful. Um, same, you know, it's the sports, your walk with God is the same thing. And so I think just t- teaching those basic kind of principles, I think, are key um, in what I've seen. You said you hit on a couple of things that are really, really important there. And one of the things we teach in family ministry is that parents are supposed to be the primary disciple makers of their children. Um, it's what God's called us to do with our kids. But we're not the only disciple makers of our children. And so we want to come alongside parents and partner with them to teach their kids about the Bible. But we also know that there are other arenas and avenues for your kids to be plugged into um, good environments, healthy environments to teach them, to grow them. And sports is one of those places. And you can partner with a coach um, over a season or over a long stretch of seasons to help instill some of those really valuable things in kids. Um, Jesus taught in parables um, because it's what helped people understand what the kingdom of God was like. Um, and he spoke in really common illustrations that they would understand, things that kind of go a little bit deaf on us sometimes, like farming. I don't know anything about farming. Um, but Jesus used illustrations that the people would get to teach them about something that they didn't get. Um, and for us in our culture, um, sports is, could probably be number one. And so you can use sports with your kids or really even adults or anybody as a way to create this parable in life of, of what really does matter. And I love the part about um, listening to your coach and learning to respect that authority and learning to obey because that, that transfers over to how we respect authority and learn to obey God. That's a good one. In that same vein, however, we know that you're called as a dad and that we're called as men to set boundaries regarding um, sports in the life of our family too. How do you do that? Well, I mean, one thought on the, the boundaries. I mean, what the first thing that popped in my mind was rules. I mean, that's another big part of the, of the game in sports is like to teach rules. And, you know, as a family and as a dad, you know, having those rules are it, the hard thing we, we struggle with, you know, to get the, the kids to understand, whether it's, you know, somebody I'm coaching or if it's my own kids, is that, you know, these rules are in place to help you. You know, if you don't have rules, you don't have boundaries, you got chaos. And so, to teach that, you know, is, is something you, you got to be like a broken record as a parent. I mean, you got to kind of 
you know, over and over, and, and they get to the point, and, and it's, it's rewarding when you get to that point when they're at the age when they can go, oh, I get it, you know, and you see that. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, you know that's, that's, it's, it's powerful to see, like, how the influence that you have, um, you know, to see it play out in, in their lives, and they get it. And I think back to, like, you know, being a coach, um, those kids, you know, when they get it, it's, you know, it, you see, you see the maturity, you know, growing them. You see um, um, the joy that they they get when they get that uh, in their hearts. And so, you know, I think for them to grow and and to reach out and make an impact, I think that's again being having that opportunity because you talk about like again the, the popularity of sports. You know, the the fact that coaches have the, the influence of kids, the kids the coaches have over their life uh, the kids lives is huge i mean when we get training at the ymca for coaching and stuff it talks about the influence that you have you just don't realize it you know um but it's even greater in our own home you know um and so we're we we, we can be salt and light into the into this world um and you know it's it's such a there there's so many broken homes out there and there's so many kids that are desiring you know loving and strong leadership from um from dads and coaches um that you know we just we got to step out and make those you know, those efforts to you know fill those gaps because you know we're called to be you know salt and light so mm, that's good how do you guys you and carrie work to set um limits on the time and the money related to mm-hmm. to sports in your family um I guess a lot of different ways. I mean, we've actually, I mean, I mean, as much as like something like the father and son bowl is a big part of our lives, you know, I've had to learn to limit it more personally. Um, you know, my boys, m- most all of them have gone through youth sports. And so it, they, they were never at a point where it was like, you know, overboard for them. You know, they did it recreationally and they enjoyed it and stuff. But the, the real problem was more with me. Um, and I guess in a couple ways, the limitations in like an, you know, in the context of me with the, with the Bills. I mean, um, you know, following the team before, I never um, was really hardcore into them. But then I got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I, I got to be nostalgic and appreciate where I came from. So I just started, you know, following the Bills a little more. And then, but then I just kind of got sucked into it because, you know, with social media, mm. you know, all the, the content that's out there that they try to push to feed that, you know, desire that we have in us to, like, want to be a part of something. Um, it's easy to get really you know, captured by that. And, and so, you know, I went through probably a couple of years of, you know, getting into, um, you know, the end of the Super Bowl cat means free agency. Then it's, you know, it, you get into the draft and all, I mean, there's so much that, I mean, they're pushing at you and that you just, it, it can just control you. And, but I allowed that. And so I got to a point, um, where I even had a friend who struggled with it too. And we we're talking about it one time and he's like, you know, I'm getting rid of cable because it's such a problem for him. So I had to really reel it in, and uh, because it was taking away time from me, really focusing on my family. You know, it's like, um, you know, because I'd be thinking, you know, I could be talking to my wife, and I could be thinking about something about sports or, or the bills or whatever, and you know, and it's just it was really unhealthy. So I went through a couple of years of, of that kind of you know struggle, but then you know had to rein it back in because I saw the the negative effects of that. Um, so I think that's like one way in that respect, but the other. Um, was when when I was coaching, there was a couple seasons there where, again, I got more focused on, you know, 
plays, like dreaming up these plays and, and having a script and a, and a game plan and then having the kids execute it. And, you know, so it's more, and I, and I struggle with perfection. So, you know, it's like, I'm like, oh man, if they do it just this way and da, 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 you know, and, and on the surface, I was like, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to make the best, you know, situation for them so they, so they can succeed. But really, you know, I was more disappointed, like that they didn't do it right than I was, did they have a great experience? And so, you know, again, that I got kind of sucked into that um, where, you know, I had to pull myself back and be like, whoa, okay, what are the priorities here? You know, again, these kids aren't going to go pro. They're coming out here. They might be out here for one season. This might be the kid's first time. And, you know, I don't want to be that kind of coach that's going to be the one who's going to, you know, make that kid not want to play again, you know? Um, and so, you know, setting those boundaries and keeping that in perspective is, is, you know, a key thing because if you, and if you don't have, and you, it's important to have accountability with that, you know, you know, I had to talk to my wife, you know, about, you know, the whole, you know, getting sucked into, into the bills and being following that and time spent there. Um, you know, she knew it was an issue. Um, <laughs> my kids, uh, they make fun of me because I'm a Bills fan. You know, they were, <laughs> when they were young, they, 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 you know, they were Bills fans because they didn't know better. You know, <laughs> I mean, now when they, got, when they got their own, you know, like, hey, wait, I can choose my own team, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, but they know, like, but here they, they see me, dad, watching the game and get so, you know, focused on it and so, like, into it, even to the point where I'm, you know, like, yelling at the TV sometimes. I mean, yeah. I think we may have all done that, but, um, but, but what they're seeing, they might not understand it, but subconsciously they're seeing, like, hey, I mean, he's really upset about this. He's passionate about this, but am I showing that same passion for for Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's where it was, that, that was a gut check for me one time where I was like, I, I've got to get this under control. I, I've got it way out of, out of, out of perspective, mm-hmm. that's out, good. Of, out that's, of balance. No, that, that's good. And, um, you, you say sometimes you can yell at the TV, right? And then, um, you know, the Super Bowl. we all know that last play Seahawks through an interception. I was watching, um, the news and this guy was watching this happen. He was a Seahawks fan. And he saw the interception. He was down on his knees like, you know, he was, he was ready for game. And whenever he got the interception, um, game was kind of over at that point. He ran right through his television. No, no lie. Like, he ran right through his television. He tackled his TV. But I think that's important. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. I think it's important what you talk about setting boundaries for ourselves. We need guardrails. We need things that draw us back and say these are the non-negotiables, family, faith, church, that, that we need to focus on. And we also need to set those boundaries for our families, those guardrails. I'm thinking as a student pastor, we have a lot of students who this, this can get away from, for them. Um, this get away, their schedules can get away from them, and they can pour so much time and energy. And, and we have to be the ones to set those boundaries and guardrails for our, our kids um, and make those uh, make priorities out of it, and we have to set limits and and don't be fearful of pushback, because in our culture we're going to get pushback from. And we got a lot of pushback from friends, from coaches, from all these things that can kind of veer us off. And um, I have just as much fun playing sports and watching sports as anybody, and I have to set boundaries on those things or it's the driver of my life. It's not just part of my life, it becomes my life, and that's when it becomes scary. Uh, tell us this, in what ways do you think Christian men have responded well to sports, and how do you do that? And, and also, how have they responded poorly in, in our culture? Um, well, I think how 
gosh, I think it was, I don't know, 80, what are the percentage of 85% of like parents coach their kids. Um, I think that's, that's one of the real positive things because obviously youth sports is widespread. I mean, I mean, there, I mean, there's not a season that there's not youth sports in some capacity. Um, even like year round football, I mean, you still only be fall, but, um, but getting involved in, and being, like I said before, the salt and the light in the world, taking those opportunities to be in there because we've all seen the videos of, you know, coaches who have, you know, gone off the rocker um, and, you know, getting on these kids and um, in, in creating wounds for these kids that they're going to deal with for the rest of their lives. Um, but for us to stand in and, and be a positive impact in their lives because, you know, if... If there's something happening in this area, like sports, it's huge, it's popular, you know, we as believers should be stepping into that arena to then, you know, bring, you know, the message of Christ and point people to the real, you know, the bigger game, which is the battle for our souls and and, and what we do. Um, And so I think that's probably the key thing for me that I see is is really just that. Um, There's there's lots of other things. I mean, there's tons of stories about how people get involved with um, sports in some capacity to, you know, share their faith and they really have a healthy perspective to see it. This is a platform. You know, it's not, it's not the end all. It's, it's a platform to ultimately do the greater good. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, that's good. you know, that's what I see um, just because that's my life experience. And I think um, maybe in the negative side, you know, what guys have done poorly is allowing the competitiveness to take over. Because again, like I said before, it's like, you know, I've allowed my, I mean, here I am, I'm out there coaching and I'm a believer and I'm allowing my competitiveness to, you know, take over, you know, the, the balance and the priority of the kids versus, you know, the execution of my game plan. You know, I spent this, all this time this week trying to script these plays thinking like, if this one does this and this, you know, all that, I've, you know, that's, you know, the unhealthy balance. Um, and so, you know, that <laughs> I look back and I think, man, I just hope God's grace was on them to, to protect them from like what I allowed to be, you know, an unhealthy thing that, you know, poured out. But, um, so I think, you know, if, if we keep, if we keep those things in perspective, I think that's the, that's the key. But, um, th- but there's a lot of other things. I mean, it's sad to see like how, it can, there, I mean, there's a lot more examples of how things are done poorly just because we allow, we don't keep things in check. The guardrails like you talked about, we don't have those guardrails up that we're really keeping ourselves in line. Um, you know, even to the point of like, you know, I think of Twitter, um, how, you know, we can, um, you see how vile some, you know, responses are to like things that players do or teams do. And it's like, you know, because we can be, you know, armchair quarterbacks or money more morning quarterbacks and be, um, say, well, you know, this person, this, and this person, that, and, you know, they should do this and that, but we don't really have the whole backstory. You know, I think that's a big thing too, is like how we can be very judgmental of what people do without really knowing the full story. You know, have we sat down and talked with that player? Do we know the, you know, this side and that side? Um, and so I think, you know, in a way that's, you know, that, that translates and uh, comes over into even our Christian life, even within the church. I mean, are we becoming these armchair Christians where we then, you know, judge people, you know, without really knowing the full story. We, you know, want to be opinionated because we live in a society now where it's like, oh, everybody has to have an opinion. Everybody has to be an individual and say this and, you know, be, you know, so smart and, you know, this and that because social media gives us a platform, but, you know, it it could be done in a really unhealthy way. Um, And so I think that's, 
uh, to me, one of the couple of the big things that I see as challenges is how we got to guard against the you know yeah. poor execution of all this. Those are all excellent. We're um, running out of time for the interview portion. We're going to turn it over to Thomas in a minute for questions. But for just a second, say something about the father-son bowl, how God birthed that in you as a way to inject those positive things that you're thinking about into the lives of not just your family, but other families around you. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, just <laughs> briefly, it's, it was just a, a vision that, that God gave me you know, now we're nine years ago, where it's just like, take your love of being a dad and take your love of, of football and combine them and, you know, use this as a platform um, to, to encourage fathers to be the loving and strong leaders that we know that they're created to be. And that ultimately, you know, points, points them to a father and a son relationship, you know, God the father and Jesus the son, um, as our example of how to be um, men in this world. Uh, I mean, because I believe, you know, God is, you know, Jesus is my head coach and the Bible's my playbook. You know, it's very simple. You know, if you know your creator and his playbook for your life, then you can truly live a victorious life. And I think that's what it all comes down to because, again, it goes back to we're all striving for greatness. You know, we, we, that's why we get addicted to sports. We, we, we get passionate about following our team because we want to be a part of something. We want to be a part of a family. And that's, to me, ultimately... God created us to be in community as a family, as a church, but then we want to be loved by our father, you know, and that might be hard to admit for some men, but, you know, we want to be loved by our father and have, you know, um, affirmation from him and, and acceptance. And so our goal with the father symbol is to point guys, you know, it, number one is it, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their, their children and then the children's hearts to their father. And in Malachi, that's Malachi four, six, where it talks, or I'll come in, the Lord says, I'll come and strike a curse on the land. Well, I believe that we're kind of living in a cursed time. And we, and, and what we see, um, in the father and symbol has happening is as hearts are being turned towards each other, God's working, and that's why it's, you know, he's growing the event, not like what we're doing, but by he's growing it by the power of the spirit that's happening because of just that step of obedience to try to turn those hearts, and, you know, it just goes from there. Well, it's a pastor's dream uh, that you've taken something that's relevant culturally mm-hmm. and used it as a way to, to leverage the message of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, spending time with your kids one day a year out playing flag football is one thing, but the attention that's given towards men being the fathers that God created them to be is just mm. incredible. Um, and so I love it. We love participating in it. It's, I'm ready for it to go nationwide and for every, every city and every town to have this event as a way for churches to leverage impact, to see Absolutely. fathers be um, the kind of men that God's called them to be because they have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Mm. Um, and because you have to be five years old to play, um, in 2018, I'll be there. I'm already building my team so that it's stacked up with some dads that know what they're doing so that Simon can be a winning player. So it's going it's to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thomas, give us some questions from, uh, from the gallery out here and see who we've got. Ready for you. Um, the Hunter boys will be ready for you in a couple of years too. So We should talk uh, afterwards because that might be a good, good plan. We've, we've got a couple questions that have come in. And uh, Chase, you hit on this, kind of the idea of scheduling and, and, and how do we balance scheduling of our kids' sports, of our own sports. Specifically, and I know this hit home with us, uh, you know, growing up playing baseball and tournaments over the weekends and doubleheaders on Saturdays and doubleheaders on Sundays and tournaments that would run over from Saturday to Sunday and sometimes even longer. How do we confront or how do we balance the idea of playing sports, watching sports, participating in sports on Sundays? Um, I'll take that one because I definitely have a strong opinion on that. Um, I, think, I think it shouldn't come in front of God, period. Um, because um, 
you know, it, it comes down to your heart. You know, in our daily step, um, you know, with the Bible reading we're doing with church, um, you know, we're going through the Psalms, and you just hear David's heart pouring out to the Lord. And one thing that, you know, that convicts me is that, you know, where is my heart? You know, how much of my heart am I giving to these things, these, especially youth tournaments? I mean, it's like, again, real, realistically, your kid's probably not going to go on to play professional sports. Yeah, he might get a scholarship and help, you know, pay for college, and that's a good thing. But, but I mean, really, you got to ask yourself, where's your heart? I mean, is, are you serving, you know, the, the desires of this world, or are you, are you really trying to, you know, honor God? But, there's, but again, you know, that being said, um, you know, that's a personal thing that each person has to answer to God at some point. Um, but I think but also there's good stuff you know, used out there where some people are using, you know, if they have to be out there, um, are they honoring God? Are they, are they bringing Christ and being a witness to the team, to other, you know, people in the tournament that they may be led to? Are they really following the Spirit to um, do, you know, the Lord's work? I mean, but we can easily be consumed with you know, hey, this is our life, and the, the tournament and the, that lifestyle can dictate what you do, and you can easily just slowly fade into this, you know, life that you're not really putting God first. And I think that's a that's a major challenge for a lot of, because you sports and tournaments and all are so uh, popular and so prevalent today. I think you're right. I think it's a heart check. Just, just what's the purpose and what's the heart behind the matter? I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Chase and I we do church for a living, and so um, we want to be really careful to say that. Um, perfect church attendance is not going to draw us closer to God. Absolutely. So we don't want to be legalistic about yeah. that at all. Um, but it is a representation probably of what's in our heart and where our priorities are. And so I think you're, I think you're right about that. Um, at the end of the day, what we want to encourage moms and dads to do is to think about, um, to think with the end in mind. Um, this one tournament or this one game it is not going to matter for eternity. But over a series of time, are you raising an adult who later on in life is going to think that... Um, church attendance came or church participation or involvement with the body of Christ came when we didn't have something else to do. Um, what are the other things that we allowed to take priority over that in our home? I think it's, it's not about the kid that you have right now. It's about the adult that you're raising later on and where their perspective of Christ and church is. So it's a heart check. A yeah. One. And I think for me, it's, I mean, it really, as a, as a dad, I've got to ask myself, what kind of legacy am I going to leave? I mean, that's a big, I mean, that's a big thing for me this year is like really focusing on legacy. And am I going to, Am I going to really um, limit the things that hinder, you know, uh, my family from connecting more with God and becoming more Christ-like? Uh, and then, so you know, are, am I checking those things? Am I putting up the guardrail, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Of you know, do I have my kids going on the right path? Sure, that's good. <clears throat> Tom, do you have another question for yeah, us? Yeah, we got another one here. Um, how do you balance family time when the game's on? <laughs> uh, they have to watch the game with me. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's a, it's interesting. I mean, we have fun with it. I mean, it's, um, I mean, in the context of the Bills, um, if, the, if the game's on, because it's not on very often, yeah. so I might have to watch it on Game Rewind or something like that. But, um, and I, that, but that's what I do, actually, the, the beauty of Game Rewind, if anybody knows about that. It's where you can watch sure. a game after it's been played the next, next day or whatever. Um, I'll watch that in my off time. I might watch it, like, during my lunch hour, you know, at, at work or something like that so that I'm not, you know, consuming my time, which mm-hmm. is limited. I mean, I come home from work. I've got, you know, only, you know, four, five, six hours with, the, you know, the kids at night and the wife at night, you know, when I get home. You know, I don't want to spend three hours watching a game sure. when I should be spending it with them. So you just got to think about like how you use it. Cause again, media today gives it, makes it very accessible in multiple times and places. So how you, you know, 
how, how and when you watch it, I think is the key thing. Sure. I think it's good. One more? Yeah, we've got time for one more. Um, this is a good one. So how do you handle if your kid is not as fanatical about sports as you are? Wow. That's... <laughs> That's definitely been, a, I mean, we, that's definitely been an issue in our family, and it, I, I, honestly, it's tough. Um, you know, I'm a big football fan, and I, I love sports. And um, you know, I mean, I, just being really transparent, my my son Caleb, he he's not a big sports fan, and I think he he struggles with not being the sports guy in our family. I mean, we're here, we do the father and son bowl, and you know, he gets in there and has fun. He plays some youth sports and stuff like that, but sometimes. Um, sometimes it's a struggle to, to connect because, I mean, you know, I want to, you know, I, and that's where I need to put aside whatever I'm liking or, you know, what I want to do to make, to focus more on, you know, what he's interested in, you know? Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, that's, that's not always easy, you know, and it takes work. Um, but, you know, I love him. And, and so, um, that, that's definitely been an issue. Um, and, and I know that he's, there's been negative effects of that. Like, I think he feels sometimes, maybe some of the other boys at times too, that, you know, like things like the world of sports can take over because, you know, um, of these different things that we're, you know, pouring our lives into. But, um, you know, it's, you got, you got to, you got to make it, make it, uh, make a conscious effort to invest in, in those kids' lives who are not the sports fanatic. And, yeah. and that's, that's a challenge for us, for me. That's, I don't say us, that's me. That's, That's my story. I grew up with a dad who played. He excelled in lots of sports and then played um, scholarship college football and, and did great. And so I played youth sports growing up but never connected with it um, and never got to be a real big fan. I mean, I enjoyed it, just the fun and the team and the camaraderie and the experience, um, but it wasn't my deal. And so when I did later on, because it took me a while to find something that I was interested in and good at, um, even though it wasn't something that he was interested in, he found ways to make sure that that was highlighted in our home and that that was celebrated in our home. And so it's important to notice kind of where your kids are going and how God's wired them differently maybe. Um, and then find ways, even though it's a stretch, to learn about and to celebrate and to, to love those yeah. things too. I think indirectly you, you tell your kids a message whenever you just sp- focus on sports and you have another child that's maybe not athletic. Yeah. You tell them indirectly and you're not meaning to. No. You're showing favoritism towards this this one. And so that that's also a balance to just find ways. I like like that find ways to figure out okay maybe this is not my thing um but maybe art's not my thing but i want to try to engage this this side of the culture so that i can connect with my child that's good summarize the morning for us Um, sports is a broad topic and and we could have narrowed it down quite a bit more but just summarize the morning and what what really matters what's the one message that we want men to go home with today related to sports uh for me i think it's it's all about the heart you know, I mentioned David, um, and, you know, he was known as a man after God's own heart. I mean, and, and as you listen to the Psalms and read the Psalms, I mean, he's just like, nothing else matters. I mean, and that's, that's where I want to be. And that's where I hope, you know, the desire of every man wants to be is that, man, Christ alone is all that matters. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, everything, because what, what I'm starting to see even more, you know, I became a believer when I was, um, when I was 29. And when I really committed my life, and so I've been still, I'm still learning, you know. And what I'm seeing now is that when you really just pursue that, and you you, you search after Him with all your heart, everything else falls into place. I mean, we want to try to hold on to so many things, and we seek so many other things to like give 
pleasure and satisfaction in our lives, but man, when you just you lay it all down and you search after him and you pursue him with all your heart, with passion, then everything else falls into place. And it's like, then you, it's like, wow, I mean, this is, this, is what it, this is what it's all about, you know? I think that's the key thing is where's your heart? At, at the end of the day, our sports teams will let us down. Our athletic ability will fade away. The only thing at the end of the day we have is our faith. Um, you know, we, we know athletes who have gone to the greatest level, top of their game. Tom Brady, for example, won four Super, is that four Super Bowls, I think. Um, four Super Bowls. In an interview, he says, there's got to be more to life than this. And this is a guy that has more money than we, we will ever have, and he has four Super Bowl rings. Got to be more to life than this. Um, there's a book I'm reading um, recently. It's called Into Thin Air. It's about climbing Mount Everest. Really interesting book. And in the book, it talks about this guy. He's, and, and mountaineers are athletic. I mean, they're, they're like sporty. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty um, rugged, tough guys. Um, a guy named Eric Shipton. In 1938, he climbed Everest. And it's painstaking to climb Everest. Um, nowadays, you pay $65,000 to just get on the mountain to climb Everest. And it takes two months to be able to climb it so you're away from your family. And it's just a lot. Well, he got to the top of the mountain. This is the quote. This is what he says. He says, straddling the top of the world, one foot in China, the other in Nepal. I cleared the ice from my oxygen mask, hunched a shoulder against the wind, and stared absently down the vastness of Tibet. I understood on some dim, detached level that the sweep of the earth beneath my feet was a spectacular sight. I had been fantasizing about this moment and the release of emotion that would accompany it for months to come. But now I was finally here, actually standing on the summit of Mount Everest. I just couldn't summon the energy to care. Like he was at the top of the world, so to speak, and he spent all this time and money to get there. And at the end of the day, he said, I just couldn't, couldn't care less. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. And the way that we understand the passions that God has given us um, they can take the place of Christ or they can be in supplement sure. to our relationship with Christ. Um, and we need people in and around us. That's why this men's leadership network is important. We need men in and around us to help us understand our guardrails and to set boundaries and to help us be in check um, when our heart is not in the right place. Um, so why don't we, we pray for that this mm-hmm. morning. God, we are present here today because you allowed us to be Um, and we want to focus our heart and our attention on you. There are men in this room, God, who are going to go make big decisions today related to their career. We pray that they would make wise ones. Um, There are men in this room that have um, things hanging in the balance regarding their families, and we pray that they would be discerning. Um, There are men in this room that are um, passionate about um, sports and and about the game and about um, all the incredible opportunities that that provides them in life, and we pray that... um, Amidst all that excitement, God, nothing um, would surpass our love of Christ, um, that he would be central to us. Um, We know that everything else in life is only going to be sweeter when Christ is in his right place um, in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. And so, Father, help us to do that. Help us to have uh, Nathans and Samuels in our life like David did to to understand what our priorities should be um, and to keep those things in check. Um, Help us to be people who put Christ first. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thomas? 
Thanks, guys. This was uh, fantastic, especially today as we kick off the NCAA tournament. Uh, you don't want to miss next week. Dave Anderson is going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about fight or flight. Uh, real quickly, Dave retired from the Navy in 2012 after serving 20 years. Over those 20 years, he accumulated over 4,500 flight hours. Uh, including 400 carrier landings in eight different aircraft. He served everywhere from the Western Pacific to the Persian Gulf to South America, Brazil, Peru, Iraq, Afghanistan. So next week's going to be a really interesting week. Uh, We hope you join us back. Men's Leadership Network. We'll get going at 7 o'clock next week, breakfast at 6.30. Thank you.